Welcome to our Roots Say That We're Sisters podcast. This podcast series is sponsored by the Marquette Forum with support from Marquette University's Office of Institutional Diversity and Inclusion and the Haggerty Museum of Art. It's an extension of a Marquette University mural project to highlight and uplift diverse women-identified individuals whose images and contributions have been systematically made invisible. The artist, Mauricio Ramirez, used photographs of BIPOC women associated with Marquette as inspiration for the images in the mural. The Our Roots Say That We're Sisters podcast preserves the stories of female-identifying students, faculty, staff, and alumni who've used their gifts to make a meaningful impact on others, especially those who remain unsung heroes. I'm your host, Sheena Carey, from the Diedrich College of Communication. Joining us today is Fatima Jimenez-Gonzalez. She's a senior at Marquette, majoring in secondary education and Spanish. Thank you so much for coming in and being willing to share your story. From what I've heard, it's pretty fascinating. What aspects of that story do you want to share with us today? Well, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be invited. I mean, I'm here to represent not just first-generation students, Latinas, but most importantly, my story as an undocumented immigrant and how I've been able to persevere as a dreamer, not only in college, but in life in general. So where do you come from? Are you a Milwaukee native? Yeah, so I've grown up in Milwaukee, pretty much lived here my entire life. But I was born in Mexico. I was born in Guadalajara, Jalisco. And I came over here just under the age of two. But I've lived in Milwaukee, grown up here, gone to school here, worked here. So tell us about this path you're taking. How did you get on this path? Well, I mean, I really attribute everything to my parents. And I have older siblings. I'm one of eight. Where do you fit in that? I fall right in the middle. Uh, so Middle child. Thankfully, I've had a lot of examples to learn from and all of my siblings have really taught me how to persevere there. Everyone who was older than me are, was or is also undocumented or now documented. And so I've been able to see them persevere through their status. And also my parents have always been very pro-education. And so my path has always been through education. And I think that's why I have fallen into the education field in terms of what I want to do in the future as well. What are some of the challenges you've faced being an undocumented individual in Milwaukee, especially at Marquette? I mean, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot. Thankfully, I am a DACA recipient, so that has alleviated a lot of those challenges in terms of being able to work and get a driver's license and travel inside of the country. But a lot of the challenges I face include you know, not being able to apply to certain programs, especially within the education field, a lot of those require you to either be a citizen or have some type of like federal documentation that doesn't come with being an undocumented immigrant. So being denied those opportunities, scholarships, right now I'm in the middle of applying for grad school. And so I'm, again, being reminded of a lot of those challenges that I faced when I was first applying to college. And so it's just a little frustrating to think like, oh, I'm I'm doing so well and this hasn't affected me in so many years. And then it's just like, boom, it, it reminds you that, you know, there's still a lot to, to be faced. So that, that has been a struggle. I mean, also not being able to travel outside the country. I've had a few family members pass away and that that's always hard, especially on my parents. Not being able to take advantage of like study abroad opportunities, again, certain work opportunities and such. So just a few. <laughs> You've created some programs, some opportunities for other folks like yourself. We'll talk a little bit about those. For sure. So at Marquette, we started the first 
official dreamers group and so we're called marquette dreamers so it's a group of students um who welcome not just undocumented students but anyone with daca anyone that comes from mixed status families um or anyone that wants to be an ally to our community and so that just helps us provide support to one another really to be able to talk about the things that we don't usually talk about with people who don't understand per se so we're able to share resources we've been doing a lot of like advocacy in terms of really like making our presence known on campus and teaching other people you'd be surprised a lot of people don't know what a dreamer is they don't know what DACA is they barely know what undocumented means which is really ridiculous in this day and age but we've been able to really educate our market community and just overall feel like more people see us mm-hmm. What was the program you started for undocumented students who couldn't participate in, say, paid internship programs? Yeah, so last spring, myself and two other students joined the Brood Ideas Challenge at Marquette, which is kind of like this shark take competition where you pitch an idea and you're able to receive funding for it. And so we pitched through the social impact track, and we really wanted to find a way to give the students who identify like us but are still at more of a disadvantage because they don't have DACA to be able to receive professional work experiences and really get a taste for what their life could be if they didn't have this obstacle of getting a work permit just to kind of keep them encouraged. I mean, right now there's a lot of students, really anyone under my grade who did not qualify for DACA because they weren't old enough. And so they're getting to a point in their college career where they're, you know, approaching graduation and not knowing what they're going to do with their degrees. And so what we were really hoping is to give them a little little bit of hope and also those work experiences. And so we came together, we pitched the idea. It really was a collective effort and we won. So that was really exciting for us. We had a group of students come and do like a really impactful pitch. And I think that helped us too. like we started the pitch by stating a lot of the things that undocumented immigrants can't do. So we had one person pop up and say, undocumented immigrants can't do this. And then someone else stood up and they can't do this. And so I think it really opened the eyes of everyone in the crowd. So we won the overall prize and then we also won the audience choice award. And so that was really exciting for us. It was a really big win. And right now we're still in the preliminary stages of getting an application out there, but it's a work in progress. Okay. So at this point, no one's been placed in programs? No, no. Okay. We're okay. hoping to pilot the program by the summertime. Okay. Okay. Well, I know that in the College of Communication, we have two majors where they have to have internships in order to graduate. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that would be challenging if we have students who are undocumented. So it's good to know that there's something like that out there. And also, you know, feel free to use me as a resource as you're trying to identify companies that might be willing sure, um, to take helpful. students in. That's my little ad. What ways has the mural project resonated for you? I would say, I think the hasn't mentioned in the intro, it said it, it tries to highlight the stories of women who are systematically made invisible. And I think not only as a Latina, but especially as an undocumented person, our community is often made invisible. And I think people often forget what it's like to live as someone who doesn't have papers or who is undocumented. And so I think that's one of the main things that resonates with me in terms of this project of really just making our voice be heard and having people see us. And 
I think personally, that's one of my biggest goals or has been one of my biggest goals in terms of starting the dreamers group and planning events and having people join us for things. It's really just to make our presence known so that people know like, oh, dreamers come to school here and they're doing great and they're persevering and they're just like me. It's just that little thing that sets us apart. And so I think that's what resonates with me the most is trying to be seen. What's been Marquette's impact on the lives of women of color? on this campus do you do you think do you believe that's a good question <laughs> i would say marquette does offer a lot of opportunities for women to like take charge and be leaders it's a little harder for me to identify it. i went to all girl schools for middle school and high school and so i've always been in a mentality of like women can do anything and women take charge because that's what i've experienced and also i've come from a family of very powerful women who um, are not afraid to speak their minds and take charge my mom is an awesome leader and so um, it's a little harder for me to identify how marquette has expanded that but i would say personally it's given me opportunities to take leadership roles to not really be afraid or intimidated by men or anything like that but specifically for women of color and i don't know i don't know if there's something i could say that's fair what women of color have served as inspirations for you I would probably start with my mom. <laughs> I would say my mom is my biggest inspiration. I mean, like I said, she's a mother of eight, immigrated. She's really prospered in this country and has been able to give us a beautiful life despite all the challenges that have been thrown in her face. And so I, I always will and I always have looked up to my mother and I continue to. Other people of color, all of the professors that I've had who are women of color, have there's some men in there too so all the professors I've had who are people of color have always been my favorite and I think it's because it's easier for me to identify with them and so I definitely see myself in them specifically because I want to enter the education field and so it's always been really inspiring to see them at a PWI being able to support students of color I've always been comfortable enough to share my status with them and ask them for resources and so just like bringing that safe environment is something that I've admired in them. So this year's forum that we had during this academic year revolved around the idea of self-care, wellness, healing, because so much has been happening over the last year or so. Yeah, I'd say my biggest way of taking care of myself and my mental health is really talking about things. And so it's funny to me saying that because I'm a big chatterbox. I'm a very loud person. I like to talk, but that's also the way that I like let things out and vent. And so being able to speak with other people on like, hey, this is how I've been feeling or this is how all of this is affecting me or this is how my status impacts me is really helpful to me. Being around my family also helps heal things in me. I was living on campus the last couple of years and so going home a lot was very helpful. But I would say just getting together with friends, especially right now that we have like the dreamers group, being able to just talk to them about like, hey, did you see this on the news? Like, oh, my God, like, let's talk about how this makes us feel. Or, oh, I didn't get this job opportunity because I didn't know I had to be a citizen. And just, like, being able to speak to them and not feel like people are pitying me or anything like that because I know that they understand what it's like is really healing. So what do you do, though, to take care of yourself? What are some of the things that you do that rejuvenate you, re-energize you, gives you an opportunity to decompress? Oh, okay, for sure. I would say I like to be by myself a lot. So taking time to 
step away from everyone and everything to just kind of center myself and really get into a mentality of like, okay, how am I actually feeling? What do I want to come out of this? Just taking time to reflect. So I think reflecting is one of the ways that I like to take care of myself, taking time to be by myself, doing something by myself. I think those are the ways that I I like to take care of. Are you pretty regular at doing that? Or do you have to remind yourself or do you get to the brink and go, oh, wait a minute, I need to do something? I definitely don't do it as often as I should. I think I'm a person that likes to keep busy. And also, I like to take on a lot of responsibility just because I like to help. Like, I want to do as much as possible. So I'm always going to say, yes, I can help with this. I can do that. And so sometimes it becomes very overwhelming. So I would say it's probably more of the third where I'm like, okay, like, Fatima, you need to take it. Take a second, like, take a day to yourself. And so sometimes it gets to the point where, like, I just break down. And so I do take the time to be by myself, but it's not by choice. It's because it comes to that point. So it's definitely something that I, I want to work on. Okay. All right. Especially you're about to embark in the world of work on a more permanent basis. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's important to be able to have those healthy ways that you can fall back on, especially when stress sort of gets at you. What impact do you hope to have on other women of color, those who are following behind you, those you might meet, and those maybe who have already gone on ahead but kind of need a little little support? I would probably say, like I mentioned, I'm a pretty outspoken person. So I think what I would most like to inspire other people to do is to really speak their mind and not be afraid to stand up for themselves. And I know especially as a woman, as a Latina, as a first-generation immigrant, it's something that's really difficult for most of us. And it's definitely not something that comes easy for me. I think it's just one of those things where, like, I'm going to do it either way, even if it makes me uncomfortable, if it's scary. And so I hope that other people realize that, like, your silence isn't going to protect you. And so you might as well say what you want and you might as well speak up for yourself and say what makes you uncomfortable, what's happening, and try to seek help in that way, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What are your hopes for the future, not only your own, but Marquette and for the community and communities that you're working with and that you're part of? I think in terms of Marquette, I really hope that they do a better job of supporting their dreamers on campus and offering resources, not just financially, but mental health wise and work opportunities like we've mentioned. That's something that I'm really hoping to leave done before I graduate. I also would hope that m more of our dreamers feel comfortable coming forward to not necessarily out themselves, but be part of our community and feel supported by it because I know it can be intimidating to join the group and have people look at you and be like, oh, they're a dreamer. Like, they're undocumented and such. And so I hope people feel more comfortable coming forward. In general, I hope that our society finds a way to welcome more immigrants in. I hope that our government finds, opens up a, a pathway to citizenship or, or something that will be able to help the millions of undocumented immigrants. So just a few of the things that I hope for. What about you personally? What are your hopes for your your own future? My future? I hope that I fall in love with teaching. <laughs> it's definitely a concern. I mean, I know it's something that I want to do, and I know regardless, I want to be in that setting of giving back to my community and helping students and being involved with youth. 
But I there's that concern, especially with so many teachers, like being burnt out after a year or quitting and such. It, it's become really discouraging to enter the field. I mean, you open TikTok and it's teacher talking about why she hates her job and why she's quitting. And it's like, oh, my God, like, I hope that doesn't happen to me. So I'm going to start my student teaching semester soon. I'm going to go in with a really positive attitude and like immerse myself in that experience. And I, I really hope that I fall in love with teaching and continue that path. And if I don't, then I hope that I find something similar and just be able to give back to my community. What would you like the community to know about you and your journey? I would like to say that as much as I am someone that is willing to tell my story and who is willing to speak out, my story does not define the same story of every other Latina, every other dreamer, every other first-generation student. I think it's important for them to realize everybody's story is different and everybody's story is unique and everybody's story is important. And so I would like to say that I know my story is important and I know that my story is meaningful and I hope that they find some truth in that as well. Thank you, Fatima. Thank you for sharing your story. Of course. Thank you for having me. Your story stands as a testament to the amazing stories in our community yet to be uncovered. Our roots say that we're sisters podcast and the mural project seek to make these stories visible. Again, thanks to our sponsor, the Marquette Forum, Marquette's Office of Institutional Diversity and Inclusion, and the Haggerty Museum of Art for your support for this project.